Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Oklahoma City, Dave Cathy, the food dude, back with another podcast from the 405 Diningscape as we muddle our way through these pandemic times. Since the last episode, the industry has suffered profound personal losses, and the pandemic is showing no signs of slowing. My conversation with Marco Morrow and Mark Burkle of Parlor OKC and Mob Grill offered a nice reminder that hard times do open hidden doors of opportunity. Today we talk about keeping the faith, even when it sounds like too tall a task, as we gather around the community table. First up to the table are a couple of guys who thought they had a pretty good thing going back in March. Mark Burkle is the general manager of Parlor OKC, a food hall in downtown Oklahoma City. Mark returned to Oklahoma City following a stint at Texas Live in Arlington and was six months into building the city's largest food hall when COVID-19 struck. At the time, Burkle was just welcoming Marco Morrow and his mob grill to Parlor. Morrow and his partner, Seth Barker, turned Marco's tailgate habit into a food truck back in 2014. I grew up, um, you know, with a family of great cooks, and uh, I'm sure you can tell by my girlish figure that I like to eat, too. So, and and the the rule of thumb is never trust a skinny cook, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, my wife actually grew up in El Reno, and I've always been a burger aficionado ever since I was a little kid. And going, you know, obviously dating her, going to El Reno a lot, getting to eat all those famous onion burger places, the home of the the world famous onion burger, I got to eat my share. And one of the things that I was like, you know, I like to dabble around. I was like, you know, you know, there, you know, country cooking in general is kind of bland, but I grew up, you know, half being half Lebanese. Uh, I, I am always used to lots of spices and lots of very robust flavors. And it's like, you know, I think I can do something different. I can take that onion burger and kick it up a notch, so to speak. Uh, and uh, I developed a, a marinade for the onions and just started playing with it on the flat grill. And then I also took a little bit of my uh, uncle Big Ed's, you know, his secret. He, he likes to put mustard on the buns instead of butter. I took that and I kind of married it with my marinade on the, on the onions. And next thing you know, I started making these burgers at tailgates, campouts, parties, cookouts. I mean, we even fed 3,000 of the tornado victims and more. Uh, with me and a bunch of my buddies and everybody's always like, man, you need to open a restaurant. And, you know, I, my background growing up in the restaurant business, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. That's, that's a tough business. <laughs> you know, I know how hard restaurant owners and people work it. It's a 24 seven job. And, and, you know, those people work their rears off just to do something they love. And uh, I wasn't in a position to do that. And over time, it, I think it was over, you know, almost a 10 year period. Um, all my friends finally broke me down. And one day I had a moment of weakness and I said, you know, what about a food truck? And they're like, oh yeah, it'd be great. And I happened to get a phone call from one of my old sales reps um, from the pharma industry. He'd just gotten laid off again. And we were talking to go, I know this is going to sound crazy, but you want to get into uh, the food truck business and be an owner in a food truck. And uh, Seth Barker, who, who's my business partner, 
great guy and one of my best sales reps, not married, doesn't have kids. He's like, man, I, I'm ready to get out of the corporate world. I want to have my own business. I'd love to do this. And so I think he was a sucker for doing it. But um, <laughs> anyway, here we are six years later and he's, he's done a heck of a job and he's built up a great team. And, and uh, we took that and kind of started developing mob grill. And I think that, that was another thing. My, all my, I had this mob of friends literally that I had, a list of like 25, 30 people. That like, hey, we, we want to invest. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do with all this. And my CFO, David Harden, who used to be uh, kind of helped start the Shack Seafood restaurants. He's like, I got a way to do this. Let's let everybody have a piece of the pie. And so everybody else just owns a little bit. So that way, if we don't succeed, I don't make a lot of people mad and have a bunch of mortal enemies because we know that this business is tough. So the biggest investors are Seth and myself. And cause we felt like that was the fair way to do it. But we have all these awesome investors that are, they just wanted to be a part of it, whether it failed or not. They just wanted, they loved the onion burgers. They loved where it came from. And they all said, you got to have your name on this. I said, who wants to buy a burger from a guy named Marco? Uh, I'm like, I'm thinking either Mexican food or pizza. That's Marco. They don't think, they don't think onion burger. Right. And, and so I had to put my head at it. And one day I just, it just popped in my head. I was like, I'm going to use an acronym mob. Marco's onion burgers, but because I love the mafia theme, obviously I'm, I got a little bit of Italian, half Lebanese. We got a lot of mafia stuff going on there, and I'm like, this might be perfect. And I kind of pitched the idea to, to the team, and they're like, we absolutely love that. And who doesn't love a good mob story and mafia? It's just part of the American fiber and yeah. what goes on, and it's just kind of fun. So we just took that play on words, and we developed the brand, and we worked really hard. And the brand, there's a whole other story there that. I, not going to go into, but if anybody ever wants to hear it, uh, I know I, I bored you with it the other day, but <laughs> no, it's a cool man. story, huh? No, man. Well, but, yeah, uh, what, what a lot of people don't realize you've got a day job. What's your day job? I work for Space Labs Healthcare Company and I sell patient monitoring enterprise software solutions and in, into the healthcare system. So, like SSM Healthcare and Integris, those are two of my big customers, Norman Regional. Those are some people probably know. So that's where I spend about 60 hours of every week uh, there. And I, I dedicate about another 20 uh, to Mob Grill and, and Parlor and all that. Maybe more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say 20 sounds more like it. 40 to 80 also. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I work a lot of hours, but I do it because I love it. It's, it's a passion. It's uh, Mob Grill for me is a, is a fun hobby that I'm just trying to make. And I employ great people and, and they're making my vision come true. So it, for me, that's, that's what it's about. And I have a lot of fun with it. And like I said, I enjoy it when people eat our food and, and they love it just as much as we did. And that's the whole reason I started is because people, they asked for it. So I gave in and we, we did it. Mob Grill's arrival to Parlor got off to a rocky start, but opened the door to an opportunity they never saw coming. You know, Desmond Mason called me up one day, my Oklahoma State buddies, and was like, man, you got to go in the parlor. It's a cool place. And he introduced me to Mark and to the management team there. I really liked what I saw. You know, I come from a corporate upbringing, but also grew up in small business. And I really liked the flavor that the parlor had. And I was like, man, yeah, I, I'm in. And I, and I went and investigated. You know, I'm, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to, I don't just, I don't just shoot and then not aim. I'm, I'm very, very uh, regimented in my process. So, I really vetted it out and spent a couple months working with Mark and the team and really watching what was going on. And the business of the parlor was phenomenal. It was, it was growing daily and everybody I talked to, they didn't know who I was. I would just ask people questions and, and everybody was like, man, we love this place. This is such a cool vibe. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm in. And I told Mark and, and I was like, let's do it. And, uh, 
our opening date was the week that, you know, for all intents and purposes, COVID hit Oklahoma City and, you know, the Thunder evacuated literally day two of us opening. And it was like, oh, my God, we just hired all these people. Um, I'm like, I, I don't what's going to happen, you know, and then we tried a little to go stuff. But that that location at the time, you know, just wasn't conducive for it to go um, because downtown pretty much shut down. And, uh, you know, midtown, downtown, all, all of that just kind of shut down. And we ended up having to close. It just wasn't we were losing too much money. I, it was unfortunate. Um, but never in a million years, you tell me that the food truck was going to be the, the big dog. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the neighborhoods came to the rescue. It's like people got sick of their own cooking after about a week. And all of a sudden, our, our phone and email was going off. Will you please come to our neighborhood? And next thing you know, it's like we were doing doubles and we, 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 were, we had more gigs than we could handle. And But thank God, because we were able to keep all of our new employees employed. Yeah. And And if it weren't for that we would have had to lay off people because it just was, it wasn't open. Parlor wasn't open. So thank God for, uh, for that, you know, anomaly that happened. And it, you know, you know, God closes the, the door and opens the window kind of scenario. And we're very blessed. And I think since then we developed a very good relationship with these neighborhoods and it was a win-win situation. You know, they, they were sticking to eating their own food, but, and they were also getting hold up. And this was a way for them to be within their own neighborhood, stay within these new guidelines that we're having to live with but we were able to give them, you know, restaurant quality, really high quality food right there in their own neighborhood. And it was, it was, it was really touching um, to be honest with you. And, and we were very blessed is we had some of our best months, believe it or not, because of the neighborhoods and they were so generous too. I mean, every, you know, we don't normally get tipped every order on in, in a food truck, but everybody was tipping and being extremely generous knowing that, Hey, our food prices had doubled and we're keeping our prices the same but that wasn't lost on them. You know, we didn't have to tell them that everything was, they were going to the grocery stores too, seeing how high prices were just supply and demand. So it, it was, it was a humbling experience and we, we can't say enough about the Oklahoma spirit and, and all the great people that we live with in this state. It was phenomenal. While Mob Grill was hustling the streets of suburbia, Parlor was an existential crisis. Mark Burkle explains. But yeah, being shut for three months, I mean, Parlor contemplated a long time. As we were just like many other businesses, you were wondering if you were even going to open. So, I mean, the bills were stacking up and, uh, you know, it, 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 the, further, the further it went, the, the scarier it got. You know, I know Parlor had to really uh, be focused on uh, and, and driven on, you know, when it was time to open and then our, our game plan to do so, so. Yeah. So take us through now. You know, you because you mentioned it, you you are an open space. It is a big space that it may not have been designed for for social distancing, but it's kind of ideal for social distancing. Uh, It is big enough and spread out enough, and there is enough air circulation that you can generate, especially now when we've got this phenomenal weather, you can kind of open that place up, and it's practically an open-air venue, isn't it? For sure. I mean, you know, uh, people love sitting on patios right now. And if you combined all the patio space we had, well, we probably have 8,000 square feet of patio space, if not more, including a, a, a state-of-the-art roof deck patio that has a, a, a retractable roof on it. Uh, you know, it's serviceable, serviceable, you know, 24-7 throughout every season of the year. Uh, once we put panels up, the panels are down now. Uh, so it's wide open and open space. And and uh, including our garden patio downstairs where we started doing live entertainment out on the garden stage. And people are 
I mean, just last weekend, we had 130 reservations or 130 people on reservation that all literally said, hey, I want to sit on the patio and listen to live music. That's so, awesome. You know, so, yeah, I mean, and then even if they decide to come in, you know, you the crowd is split. You have the bar lounge upstairs. You have two dining rooms. You have a, a lounge bar downstairs and then all the patio space. You know, you could have 300 people on the property and it just doesn't feel crowded at all. So we're well, doing a lot of things. Let's, let's, one thing I want to mention is you guys are taking temperatures as people come indoor. Let's go through some of the precautions you're taking. It's really important for people to understand. You guys aren't just saying, okay, you know, cattle call, let's all come running. Take us through <laughs> what that's like, the, what the experience is going to be like for people right now. Yeah, so uh, we, we take everybody's temperature through the front door. Of course, everybody has to wear a mask to enter. All our staff uh, has to wear masks throughout Um we have state-of-the-art cleaning that happens throughout the day. We use peroxide, uh, which is a peroxide chemical that is a 99.9% .9 you know, uh, COVID killer when it comes on to, uh, print on, on to services, mm -hmm. and we clean with that. So our busters use it. They clean over, Our cleaning crew cleans overnight. We have uh, touchless uh, hand sanitizers throughout uh, you know, we have QR codes on all our tables, uh, even outdoors on the patio. So literally someone could actually come to parlor, sit at the um, outdoors on the patio, pull up the QR code, order their food. You know, when their food's ready, all they have to do is pop in, grab it, go back out. They never have to even come in. So, you know, it's a really convenience for uh, the customer and it's, it's paying off. We, uh, you know, people are showing that uh, it's time to get out and uh, and they want to go places that, uh, you know, or that are taking precautions or, or at least giving them the, the safest visit possible. Now that Mob Grill has reopened in Parlor, the full menu is available with some notable additions not available on the truck. Yeah, we, we really take pride in our menu. And obviously the, the, the signature item is the, is the Mob Burger, which is our signature onion burger. Uh, with the marinated onions uh, and then we have fresh cut jalapenos that are also marinated in that secret marinade that people can add hickory smoked bacon they can add 12 hour smoked cold pork um, something that's really cool that we take pride in too is that we were the first made in oklahoma food truck yeah. uh, and for those that don't know you have to have at least three locally sourced items on your menu we actually have i don't know six or seven we try to locally source everything that we possibly can. So our meats locally sourced. La Baguette makes our buns fresh for us every day. Oklahoma City Meat Company does our, our fresh grind, uh, ground beef, which is, you know, ribeye steak, uh, black Angus, really high quality beef. Um, you know, so, and then we get a lot of our local vegetables here. Um, we cut our own potatoes and I think our, our French fries are, people love them because we, we, I think we do it the right way. I, we, we take a fresh potato that's never been in cold stores reduces the starch, makes them golden brown. We, we par cook them, or I like to call them blanching in a, in a lower temperature, and then we let them rest. And then when the customer's ready, we throw them back in. It makes them crispy outside, fluffy inside. We've got our, uh, you know, our squealer, which is our, a lot of these uh, sandwiches, you're going to hear a lot of mob kind of lingo, <laughs> but the squealer is, a, is, a, is our pulled pork um, sandwich that we, we love and people like. The butcher is basically the squealer and the mob burger combined. We put a little of our pulled pork on that sandwich. The Godfather is something that I kind of created. It's our three cheese grilled cheese sandwich that we put on sourdough. And we just add, you know, our, our burger. We got our grilled onions. We got jalapenos, bacon, fried egg, whatever, however you want to cook. I like it 
over medium with runny, but I don't like the, the whites being runny when I, when I have my egg, but you can have it ever you want it. That's a, that's a good one. Um, our patty melt, believe it or not, is one of our most popular items, which is once again, the base is our three cheese grilled cheese with, you know, Havarti and provolone and, and American cheese on that, on the rustic sourdough bread. Uh, we, you know, thanks to Mark, he, he encouraged us. He's like, man, this is a bar. People like to snack on stuff. And sometimes a big burger is not, not what, you know, people want to snack on. So we came up with the sliders. I think you had some the other day. Uh, so we have, what'd you, good. So we, we came up with a slider menu where people can have the fries in the middle. If they want to make them loaded cheese fries too, whatever they want, but it seems to have been a big hit. And so our goal is, we want to keep developing that appetizer menu and figure out some things that people are going to love that they can have, you know, share, have these shared plates mm -hmm. where people can just have a little taste of everything that, that we have in our menu. Among the other returning micro kitchens at Parlor are Mother Cluckers, Providence Pizza Company, Pachinko Parlor, and Graffiti's. Smoked Out Barbecue, like Mob Grill, had opened just before COVID-19 arrived and is now set to reopen. Graffiti's owner Jonas Favela tells me that Bad Nona's Pasta could be his next neighbor at Parlor. Before our conversation ended, Marco wanted to let people know that Parlor offered something for everyone. One of the things I've noticed, and Mark has heard a million times, when people come in, they're, they're like, we didn't know this place existed. And so because we are the anchor, a lot of times people don't know. And I think if I could tell anybody, like when you go out with a big group, one of the hardest things to do when you go out with a big group is decide on what kind of food you want to eat. And that's the beauty of the parlor is you don't have to decide. You, there's something for everybody. Um, and, and, I, and I've seen all ages there too. I've seen little kids all the way up to elderly. I mean, it really is a cool place that anybody can find something and have a good time and find their little niche there at the parlor. And Mark wanted to let everyone know there is plenty of parking and it's free. You know, when Parlor first opened up, and we, we're kind of the only kid on the block in this area. We're, we're a part of the Automobile Alley, but a block off the beaten path. Uh, you know, it's a, a block east on, from Broadway, right next to the Metropolitan. But we are the only thing here right now. And uh, people have this status quo that they think about the city and being downtown that, oh, you got to pay to park or there's no place to park or it's just too busy. You know, and, and Parlor just offers – you know, if, if, if only people, we could break that stigmatism to where people like, no, it's, it's a, it's a great place to come downtown. I mean, there's plenty of parking. We have, you guys have, have two parking lots. Yeah. Right? We have parking on sixth street and seventh street, you know, and uh, you know, it's, it's 100% free parking. Since the middle of August, the Oklahoma city dining community has lost three local chefs too young. Rodney Peoples was a chef at Goro Ramen from the beginning he died too soon at the age of 33 on August 26th, and just about a week later, Chef Monty Williams of the Red Rooster died tragically in floodwaters in Ski Island edition. Then, on September 17th, Chef Michael Paskey took his own life at the age of 40. These losses are monumental individually. Amid a pandemic, they're unthinkable. But at a celebration of life and Paskey's honor on Monday, one of his old bosses, Peter Holloway of Holloway Restaurant Group, spoke frankly about suicide and the industry's need to support its personnel with real mental health support and options. Michael Paskey battled depression throughout his entire life, but did most of it with a smile on his face and had a kind word for his fellow chefs. The industry was his family and he treated everyone as such. That's real. 
Here's hoping Holloway's Vow, which I know is supported by a variety of local independent operators, gets some traction. Look for reporting on this in the Oklahoman from me and conversation about it when we gather again at the table. Thanks again to Marco Morrow of Mob Grill and Mark Burkle of Parlor OKC for joining us today. We'll see you next time.